Welcome into a postseason edition of Inside the Nest as we recap Kennesaw State's 2022 A-Sun Baseball Championship, joined by Trey Fowler and Michael Goss. We will also preview the Hattiesburg Regional as Kennesaw State opens its stay in Hattiesburg against the LSU Tigers out of the Southeastern Conference on Friday night. In between, we will hear from the skipper himself, Ryan Coe, looking back at the A-Sun Tournament, and then joined by the captain, the senior shortstop, Tyler Simon. All coming up here on Inside the Nest. Well, guys, want to start out with uh, looking back at our long and fun week in Fort Myers this past week to see Kennesaw State win the A-Sun Championship in comeback fashion. A story that we've never seen before, y'all. Uh, no team had gone 0-2. Of course, this is the first-year pool play. And then come back and win three straight do-or-die games to win the championship. I want to toss out this question to begin with. What did y'all feel like was the turning point this past week for KSU? I think the the turning point really came on that Nick Hassan single um, late in the game against FGCU. A lot of things had went against the Owls. Up until that point, that was a back-and-forth ball game. It could have went either way when Nick Hassan was able to get that two-RBI single to give them the lead for good. They started to believe in themselves. They started to think that they could get this done. It obviously started with that first win against Florida Gulf Coast, continued on to Lipscomb and Liberty, but I think that was the turning point. That's when they started to believe in themselves. This team hasn't lacked belief all year long, but they got their hearts ripped out on Tuesday night against Lipscomb in that walk-off a game that was well in their favor and looked very bleak for the Bisons when they were able to rip their hearts out like that. I think there was a little self-doubt in that dugout and that doubt wiped away with Nick Hassan's single. Yeah, I agree with you, Trey. Um, I, the first thing that came into my mind was just the Florida Gulf Coast game. Uh, I think back to, I believe, FGCU scored one run early in maybe the second inning. Uh, they added another run um, for a 2-0 lead. But when Josh Hatcher came up and hit that three-run bomb to put KSU ahead, I think that kind of ignited the the spark. Um, and then obviously the the seventh and eighth innings were back and forth. And you had, you know, Zach Corbin with a two-run blast to, to put Kennesaw State back ahead. Um, and then you had the Hassan single, which I believe you actually called happening right before it did, Trey. Um, I think that innings five through eight – um, offensively against Florida Gulf Coast was really the turning point uh, that built that momentum going into the semifinals and then the uh, the ASUN championship. Back and forth, a win against FGCU, another comeback win against Lipscomb after the Bisons had tied up the ball game. And then against Liberty, the big momentum shifter in that one. Flames had scored three runs in the middle innings. John Bezdecek comes in, and then he is able to record back-to-back -back strikeouts. Had the first batter, Foster, on a 3-2 count sent him down looking at the knees, and then left the bases loaded. So there's no shortage of drama this past week. What do you guys think was the most intense moment for it for KSU? I think the most intense moment was obviously 5-3 to three against Liberty. They're mounting their comeback. They have the bases loaded and one out. And John Bestacek is able to get Cameron Foster, who ended up being on the all-tournament team, strike out looking a fastball in the inside corner. And then Owl Killer, Brady Gulikowski, seven home runs the past two seasons. He has really owned that Owl pitching staff. For Besicek to get that strikeout in that situation, 
I would argue there might not be many bigger strikeouts in KSU baseball history. I did want to go back and mention, let's not overshadow McKenzie Steele's performance in that semifinal game against Lipscomb. We all talked about the fact that going into this tournament, someone was going to have to step up on the mound. They simply could not rely on the guys they relied on all year. We knew it was going to have to happen. It happened in the semifinals with Mickey Steele stepping up five big clutch innings, working into the sixth and put them in position to win that ball game. Yeah, for me, there was there was no greater moment than Bezicek striking out um, Foster and, and Gulikowski. It reminded me of the Atlanta Braves World Series run uh, with Tyler Matzik against the Dodgers. But uh, just just to be different, um, I think one of the most suspenseful moments was the ninth inning against FGCU. Jack Myers on the mound gets two quick outs against uh, Kinker and Rodriguez um, and then gives up back-to-back singles. And so you're, you're sitting here in a one-run game. The lead's changed over the last three innings. Um, and it, it was just really intense. I remember sitting there. I think I actually stood up um, because I couldn't sit down any longer. And when, when Jack was able to get that ground out to Corbin, who hasn't been playing second, you know, he's been playing outfield for most of the season. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, please make a good throw. Please make a good throw. And Corbin, being the athlete that he is, rips it over to first to seal the game. And really, from from that point forward, you know, it's easy to say looking back now, but I just knew we were going to win the A-Sun championship. Uh, you know, after getting over Florida Gulf Coast, I felt like that was probably, you know, the, the most impactful game Um and I was very confident that we were gonna that we were gonna be able to pull it out. Going back to your point, Trey, about the two pitchers, Mackenzie Stills and Jock Bestacek. I know we voted Bez as a tournament MVP for Kennesaw State. Surprised that he even find himself on the all tournament team. I thought that was a snub. Uh, Bez was great for KSU down in Fort Myers. Had those back to back strikeouts to help give KSU the momentum again in the championship ball game. And then the work of McKenzie Stills and then Colby Johnson the day before that, eating up innings against the Liberty Flames, where KSU did not have to exhaust its bullpen in a game that did not affect KSU's exit out of Pool A into the semifinals. We will hear Coach Coe's thoughts on that here in just a little bit. But holistically, this whole season, we look back at the beginning. KSU got off to its best division when started seven and one. And and talking with Coe, the way KSU won those ball games, comeback wins, walk off against Fairfield, coming back against Moorhead State, some nitty gritty wins in the midweek against Georgia State. I thought that maybe this would help set the identity of this team, that it will be a tough out. And they anointed themselves the grimy dirtbags and they played like that the entire season, especially down in Fort Myers. The key to being a great team and being a championship team is having fight. We talked about it at the very beginning of the year on a lot of our broadcasts. If the team can develop fight early in the season, That is going to serve them well if they get the opportunity to play in the postseason. There were a lot of times where this team showed fight early in the year. I can remember the Cash Young home run against Georgia State late in that game. They needed a big hit, and he stepped up and delivered that big hit. They started building that fight from the very first weekend against Moorhead State, and they showed it and put it on full display down in Fort Myers at the conference tournament. You mentioned Colby Johnson. If you really go back and look at it, that could be considered the turning point for the Owls. Him able to stretch and go longer than he had gone all year, almost equaling his entire season's worth of work in one outing in the conference tournament when the Owls' bullpen needed a break, needed a rest. And it really set up what they were able to do in those last three games 
being able to throw Jack Myers twice, Besnicek twice, and also getting the outings they got out of Mackenzie Stills and Luke Torbert in the semifinals. Um, if I had to answer that question again, I might go back to Colby Johnson as being the turnaround down at that tournament. Yeah, and I've heard a lot uh, in the dugout and, and you know, at practice, the team always says up 10, down 10, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think that that really embodies this team as being grimy dirtbags, as they call themselves. But two, I think it just shows the mentality that, you know, it doesn't matter if we're up by 10, we're going to score 10 more. If we're down by 10, we're not out. Uh, and I think back to games throughout this year, you know, we've scored 20 runs multiple times. Um, I think back to uh, North Florida, I believe it was, when we were down, I want to say seven or eight to zero, and we come back and win by like five runs. Um, I just, I think that this team has really identified themselves um, that they are, they're, they're never out of the fight. And it's fun to watch because, you know, it doesn't matter if, if they do fall behind. It doesn't matter if they're up a couple runs, you know, they're not going to coast. They're going to all gas, no breaks until that final out is made. Uh, and I think that Coach Coe and the coaching staff has done a great job of, of instilling that mentality into the Owls this year. And many times the players themselves are what the team, the leaders of the team generally give the team an identity. You look at a guy like Tyler Simon, a guy like Luke Torbert, they've battled adversity over the course of their career, and they've came back time and time again. Zach Corbin bouncing back this year. Donovan Cash being redshirted last year and then answering the bell this year and being freshman of the year in the A-Sun. You can even go on to a guy like Josh Hatcher, who didn't always have the greatest offensive seasons at Mississippi State, but yet found a way to contribute to that team. Played in six of the seven games last year in Omaha en route to a national championship. But he's a guy that it hasn't always been easy for him. And he came to the Owls this year, started off slow those first couple of weeks. People were wondering, could this guy be the guy that they needed to drive the boat? And he bounced back, had a huge rest of the year, leading the nation in hits right now. This team embodies the attributes and skills of their leaders. And all of their leaders are guys that have battled adversity, bounced back. And that's why it's no surprise that this team was able to do so again and again never bigger than down at the A-Sun Tournament. We had a blast watching Kennesaw State win the A-Sun Championship. We had fun on the KSUL Network. We were able to hear from a dugout reporter all the way up in conferencing in New York. And Michael Goss found out some uh, different opinions on everyone's favorite sauces. And we confirmed that Ted Gumbard is just bad luck for Kennesaw State baseball on the air. We also learned that Trey Fowler could be a bit of a crier, uh, very emotional after that semifinal win and Luke Tor Torbert getting those final 12 outs. Amazing to see for guys like Luke, guys like Tyler that came to Kennesaw State to win a championship, and now they have succeeded in that mission, succeeded in that goal. Terrence Norman, a member of the coaching staff, is another guy, came to Kennesaw State to win a championship, to be a part of a championship team and was able to get that chance this year. It was a great time down there with all you guys. It was an amazing time watching them accomplish what they have accomplished. No team in the history of a conference tournament has started out with two losses and ended up hoisting the trophy at the end. Just an amazing, amazing feat. I think for me, the, the 
best thing I learned being the dugout reporter was the history of of the grimy dirt bag and what was inside it. Um, the fact that the team blew up a a uh, decorative owl uh, with a pitching machine, swept up its remains, and then dumped it in a bag of dirt um, to give it a, a proper send off. And that's kind of what the teams rallied around for the last half of the season. Um, you know, I, I said it on air, baseball players are weird, um, but things are only weird if they don't work. And that grimy dirt bag has been working. So going to be interested to to watch it make its appearance and see what all uh, what all the team gets into this weekend in Hattiesburg. Every team has a gimmick. In 2014, we had the belt. In 2016, we had the loyalty seat. In 2022, they're the grimy dirt bags. Every great team has a gimmick. We will preview the Hattiesburg Regional later on here on Inside the Nest, but first we're going to send it to break and come back and hear the thoughts from the head coach of the Owls, the A-Sun champion, Ryan Coe. Coach Coe, a preview of the Hattiesburg Regional and a sit-down with Tyler Simon. It's all coming up on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Kennesaw State Baseball is the 2022 A-Sun champion, and we are joined by the skipper for the Owls, the Kennesaw State alumnus, and his first year with KSU is an A-Sun champion, Ryan Cope. Coach, we spoke after the game, the win over Liberty, and you said, you know, I envisioned myself being here, I just didn't think it was going to be this soon. Let's take it back to when you were hired at Kennesaw State. It was in the month of July. You got here, school started maybe less than a month later, had to figure out where this team stood, where you thought the people's roles were, and then where you thought that maybe there's some missing pieces out there. Looking back at that moment, how key was it for you when you assimilated your new staff to be able to understand this team and be able to address any needs that you saw that ended up paying off in us winning an A-Sun championship? That was very important and having um, you know the relationship we had with Trey and Coach Sansing obviously helped. They could give us you know honest evaluations of where it stood and what our needs were and then like I said, you know, bringing Coach Tucker on and myself having the scouting background we had and being able to tap into the transfer portal was enormous for us this year to be able to plug those hole so quickly and uh, being able to get a quality player like you know Hatcher and Cash Young that late in the game was huge and they've both been game-changing players for us as the years went on. Coach when I describe this team I say the first punch never knocks the Owls out and that happened throughout the entirety of the A-Sun tournament. At the times when KSU didn't strike first or the times when a team came back your Owls were always able to answer when it mattered most at the end. Where did that makeup of the team come from this year? Yeah, we talked about it early in the year, and that was our goal. Is like, I don't care who we're playing, where we're playing, what the score is. We're going to play hard till the final out, and these guys have taken it to heart. And, you know, like I said, they're they're grimy dirtbags, and that's just not a motto or a logo. That's what they 
live by, and they play that way too. And you've seen it all year. Anybody that's watched our games is they never quit, no matter the score, who we're playing, and they'll continue to battle to the end. And when we're behind, no lead safe, and we keep grinding till the end and piling on. And these guys, you know, they might rub some people the wrong way the way they play because they get in people's face and are aggressive, but that's the way we win games, and they have done a great job of that, and they never quit. They don't, and they rallied from behind. I want to go back to the A-Sun tournament. After that first game against Lipscomb, it was a heartbreaker in which the Bison scored sixth in the bottom of the ninth. How did you approach the team to try to rebound from that with a unique setup the next day where that game against Liberty really didn't affect who was going to exit out of pool play knowing that we had to beat FGCU? What did that look like and how you addressed the team and, and how you approached that game thereafter? You know, it's funny that you asked that. That was actually a really hard decision with that mentality of playing hard all the time and never quitting. How do you go to your team and say, hey, this is a meaningless game. We're just going to go through the motions. So we kind of pull some guys off to the side and ask them if we get behind here or we get a big lead, this game is a meaningless game. Do you need to come out and get your feet underneath you? Because tomorrow's game is the one that matters. And we tried to do it you know, quietly and same approach. We weren't going to quit or let down, but we were with the understanding that we needed to save our pitching and it was a meaningless game. So it's really actually a hard situation to put yourself in and the team because you don't want them to, it's not something you can just turn off and on. So you don't want to like basically take a day off and the next game is the most important game of the year and you try to turn it back on. So it was a really a fine line there, but uh, I feel like we handled it well. Colby Johnson actually gave us some really, really meaningful innings and went five innings, I think, in that game and saved our pitching. And so we had all our bullets for the next uh, day and day after that and that was huge and like I said that was a really touchy situation it was the weirdest feeling I think I've ever had in a game it was almost like an inner squad mm-hmm. but it uh, worked out good and like I said Kobe did a good job and um, we were able to get a couple guys off their feet and it worked out well and really it was early on in that ball game Liberty got out to a 6 nothing lead and if you go back to the end of the Lipscomb game, the start of that Liberty game, the Owls had surrendered 12 straight runs. But then the bleeding stopped. Colby Johnson came in, got the third out of that first inning, and then your offense came back and scored five straight runs. When Johnson was in his groove there and you saw the offense coming back, did that come back in your mind and say, okay, we got a chance to turn this around here no matter the outcome of this game. Things may set up for us to be able to do what we need to do against FGCU. Yeah, definitely. I thought I thought it was, you know, all our games against FG, FGCU this year were close. We had They walked us off twice. We lost a one-run game here. I mean, they were all really good games, although the outcome didn't come out the way we wanted always. I thought we matched up very well with them as very similar teams, both very offensive teams. And, uh, you know, we played just a tick better and got the last out when we needed to, and uh, that was great. In that game, McKenzie Stills for Kennesaw State pitched the best that we've seen this year, maybe the best of his career, in which he went out there and got roughed up in the sixth, but through those first five innings, he had eight strikeouts. FGCU had trouble with the fastball. They had trouble with his breaking ball as well. Why was McKenzie Stills so successful in that ball game, and what were the conversations like in between those innings when he was on a roll? Uh, he, he just threw strikes, had everything working through both pitches for strikes, and then mixed in a changeup later in the game. But McKenzie has shown us glimpses of that throughout the year it just hasn't been consistent as we like but he has shown us going to Georgia Tech was a great start for him and in three innings four innings spurts at the most but uh he has that ability to do that and he was under control that day and you know like I said going into the game I told these guys before the tournament started that there has to be somebody step up you know 94 we had a guy that was hurt the whole year and ended up being MVP of the World Series won the national championship 96 we had a guy that struggled for two straight years here pitches in complete game against Delta State and they went up end up winning the national championship the next day so you have to have Guys like that step up to win any kind of championship, and fortunately for us, McKenzie did that, and that was a big part of why we won the tournament. Coach, you're pretty even kill over in the dugout, and don't get too high, don't get too low as the game goes on. 
I don't know how you were able to maintain your composure in that back and forth seventh and eighth innings against FGCU in which each team scored two runs. From your vantage point, what were the ebbs and flows like in the dugout as you watched your team surrender the lead, take the lead, give it up again, and then ultimately get the game-winning runs? Uh, you just try to, like I said, try to take it as it comes. And, you know, there's only so much you control as a coach, but you kind of try to look ahead of, like, if this happens, if we give up this amount of runs, where you go with this guy, you know, looking down the lineup, what's, who's left, right, who's coming up, what's the best matchup against those guys? Is Smith Pinson's change up the best matchup against, uh, you know, two of the next three hitters or lefties? You know, you're just trying to think ahead as how we're going to stop the bleeding if it happens or how we're going to score a run. Who's, who are they bringing in to pitch? Is there anybody we can bring off the bench to hit? Or if we get in a uh, tie game and some I guess on base, are we going to run for him? Then we lose that bat. Do we need to leave the bat? There's like a thousand different. I always tell the story. There's a guy from yeah, the coach at Southern Poly for years, Charlie Lumpston. So he invited a professor to a game and he knew nothing about baseball. And so he was, went to the game, said it was a great game, extra innings. They won in a walk off. And after the game, he goes to the professor and he says, uh, What'd you think? He goes, ah, that was a great game. He goes, but weren't you bored over there just standing there the whole time? And he said, you don't understand, like, every pitch and every batter, you're making a hundred different decisions. So you're just trying to play along with the ebb and flow of the game and, you know, plan ahead a little bit and think of, you know, try to stay ahead of what you're trying to do, pinch hitting-wise, pitching-wise, defensive-wise, you know, what you're trying to do and, and try to think ahead a little bit and be prepared for when the situation occur, occurs. And for Kennesaw State to win three straight do-or-die ball games, Zach Corbin played a big part in that out of the three-hole, had a game-winning home run for KSU to help lift the Owls eventually to the A-Sun championship game against Liberty. We saw Hudson Mims at second base for the first game, and then Corbin stayed in at second base for the rest of the tournament. What did you feel like having Corbin at second did for the team? Oh, it was great. He just, he's done a good job being able to bounce between both and a you know, really valuable player, obviously being able to switch head and play multiple positions. But uh, it was just a matchup thing where we felt, you know, Huddy has been banged up a little bit and then it was a, just a better matchup. Kalina has been swinging the bat really well. So, again, just trying to match up with the pitcher that day and, uh, you know, put the best lineup. We, we felt it was going to be an offensive type game, which it ended up being. So we wanted to put our best offensive lineup out there. And uh, that for that particular day, it was Kalina and Eatson and, and that combination with Hanson, Kalina, Eatson, and, and uh, Corbin at second. So. In the game against Lipscomb, another game. Uh, the Owls got the lead, and then Lipscomb came back, tied up at four. KSU's able to win it 6-4 to four over the Bisons, thanks to a home run late for KSU. Coach, in that ball game, saw Luke Torbert on the mound in relief for Kennesaw State, able to seal the deal for the Owls, pitched three and a third, some of the most clutch pitching he's had in his entire career. Before the game, I want to go to that, was there a conversation with Torbert of, hey, we get what we need here. You're probably the next guy out of the pin and what we're going to look to do. And was there a reception to that? How was Torbert pregame? Did you have an idea in your mind, this is the Luke we're going to get today? Well, you didn't know that. I'm glad we got that Luke. And Luke has been, you know, very good all year. Like I said, it was a big situation. We knew he was the next guy up. We didn't know we would get that kind of length out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably going to take longer than he's went the whole year. But uh, it was nice to get that length and I have to go to another guy. And, again, that, that game – being able to just use two pitchers sets up the next game so you have more arms again. So people don't understand how important like the Kobe Johnson innings were and those two guys throwing that game and I have to use, you know, any other guys, how important that was for not only the game at hand, but the game the next day as well. That it's so interesting. This game of baseball, Coach, you can't predict it. Going to that championship game against the Liberty, they had Trey Gibson well-rested from the entire tournament. And then the Owls go back to Jack Myers for the third time in the tournament, use Bez in that ball game for the second time. And then Smith Pinson, able to rebound from Lipscomb, come back and help seal the deal for KSU. 
KSU got off to a good start. How important was it with the approach starting out to be able to get some runners on base and strike first? Oh, it was awesome. I think that definitely whoever in a championship situation, whoever can get the lead early does put a lot of pressure on the, the other team. And fortunate enough, like you said, we were able to jump out and, and get a lead and keep piling on that lead as well. And that's kind of what we do well and kind of running downhill a little bit. And once we start scoring, we keep the uh, foot on the gas and keep going and get as much as we can. And as we've learned as the years went on, you can't ever have enough runs. So mm -hmm. we'll keep getting as much as we can when we can. And that's I think it puts a lot of pressure on the other team, especially after going up there the last weekend and winning two out of three and kind of putting it on them, uh, scoring a lot of runs in that series as well. So I think they felt a lot of pressure early. Biggest situation, I think, the entire week. The bases loaded, one out. John Bezicek had a guy 3-2, fouled off a couple of pitches, is able to get back-to-back -back strikeouts. Eerily similar to a Tyler Matzik situation for the Braves and their postseason run. Were you nervous at all in the dugout when the bases were loaded, one out, and it, it was 3-2 and Liberty seemed to find its way back with momentum in the ballgame? Oh, no. I had it. We thought we had it all the way. I almost almost took a nap there at that point. It was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you don't know what's. John is just an incredible competitor, and you know, obviously, you don't know what's going to happen in that situation. But there has been several times this year where he's been in similar spots and came up with big strikeouts. And like I said, that was clutch. And again, that's how you win championships: is guys come up with clutch pitches and clutch at bats. And that was one of those situations. You know, back to back strikeouts like gets two really good hitters. Mm -hmm. What was the dugout like after that when he came off the field with those two Ks? That's one thing that's been pleasing the whole year is the guys, even the guys that aren't playing regularly, are really into the game, and, and everybody was just going crazy. And I think it was a big – obviously, a, 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 you know, people don't realize how baseball is a game of momentum, and it changes pretty quickly at the college level, and that was a big momentum swing when he did that. You could almost see the wind come out of their sails at that point. Yep. KSU added more insurance, and then at the end, Coach, two storybook lines – the first is Smith Pinson able to rebound from suffering the loss against Lipscomb, able to close it out against Liberty and record the final three outs of the ninth. And then Tyler Simon records a final out of the ball game, fifth year senior captain for Kennesaw State. What does it mean for a guy like Tyler Simon to be a part of this championship team? Yeah, that's actually, I talked to Coach Sansing this morning. I said, this probably is of anybody on the team. Obviously, I'm happy for everybody on the team, but Tyler Simon, I'm probably the most happiest for because of. You know, the amount of time he spent here, you know, all-time games played leader here in the history of the Kennesaw. And, uh, you know, he has been a leader and a great example of a human being and a great player for the five years he's been here. And for him to not only be, a, be able to be a part of this, but be a um, catch the final out, I thought that was an unbelievable situation. And I was so happy that he was a part of it. Well, Coach, your phone's been going off ever since Kennesaw State won the A-Sun Championship. How many texts did you have on the bus ride back? Oh, man, I bet I had over almost 300 texts. And uh, I answered, tried to answer as much of them as I could, but it's been nice. And I think, you know, people are really excited, and that's rightfully so. This is a great, uh, great thing, and hopefully this is something we can continue to build on. And, uh, you know, I don't say we can do this every year, but we're sure going to try. What's the immediate bump that you've seen for this program from the interest, the energy, whether it's been from fans, alumni, recruits, anything of the like? I think it's, it's been great all year. I think a lot of alumni being back involved and, um, you know, interest in the program and everything has been awesome. But I think this just gives the next little bump as far as, you know, recruiting wise. I think it's huge. The fact that just, you know, we bring guys in here and here's our vision and here's what we're going to do. And then actually to do that now, I think, is, is just a huge uh, bump and people see something tangible with instead of just telling them what we're going to do, they actually see us do it. And that's huge. Well, Coach, 
It's Wednesday morning here. Your team is getting ready to take the field here at Stillwell Stadium in practice for the Hattiesburg Regional in the first matchup Friday night against the Louisiana State University Tigers. Coach, what, what's the game plan look like for the team this week? Practice here, hitting the road. What, what does that process look like? Yeah, just the, the we found out where we're going Monday. Then we start doing some scouting reports and getting our travel arranged. We practice the last couple of days. We'll practice here and uh, get on the bus today, go down, practice on the field tomorrow, and then get ready to play on Friday. But uh, you know, it's obviously a quick turnaround being the tournament just finishing, getting home so late on Sunday. But uh, yeah, we're excited. LSU is a great team. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to scout them last year and always thought a lot of their position players, they had an excellent lineup last year. And then the coach came and brought some guys with him from Arizona to supplement the lineup even more. And uh, you know, got to keep the ball in the park, don't make mistakes, and, and if we swing the bat like we normally do, then hopefully we'll have a chance here. I think we, it's a good matchup. It's eerily similar teams, honestly. Mm. Coach, we look forward to it on Friday night on the KSUL Network, and you've made a good habit of this, and I haven't told you this, but I've received a lot of positive feedback from people on the production side of when you've been granted these in-game interviews of how you've approached it and you brought Nathan Gravitt on during the Ace Sun Tournament. He gave a shout-out to the Rowdy Group at the Liberty game uh, right before the Ace Sun Tournament, the end of the regular season. So I want to give you the mic one more time. Anyone that you'd like to give a shout-out to? No, I just it's, it's I'm just so happy that uh, to be back here and, you know, we have a long – you know, I was here playing since fall of 93, so we have a relationship from everybody from, you know, really everybody that's played in this program and it's just been nice to see everybody come back and be involved and the people that haven't you know coming back and and being a part of this thing i think this has a chance it always has been a very good program and i think it's got a chance to get better and uh, just be a special place and anybody that's been on campus or played here understands what this has been and what it's going to be and it's just been nice being back and more so than anything it's just the support that we received from everybody at the school the former players and just it's been nice seeing uh, the excitement around the program. Head coach Ryan Coe, best of luck down in Hattiesburg, and let's do it again next week. All right, awesome. Thank you. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service to our security solutions to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth-third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth-third bank, member FDIC. Welcome back into ITN. Great to hear from Coach Co. He and the Owls preparing for the Hattiesburg Regional. Let's talk about that. Uh, during selection show on Monday, I saw that the first regional up was the number one seed, the Knoxville Regional. Okay, KSU misses out on Tennessee. Great. We're going to Statesboro. Statesboro Regional announced with Texas Tech and UNCG, and I thought, oh, man, we're, we're, we're missing out on Statesboro. That would have been fun. Okay, we're going to Auburn. Let's get ready. Let's look at Auburn. How far is that drive going to be? Great. Hop, skip, and a jump. And then we're in Hattiesburg. They send us to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of Southern Miss, for what I think will be the best atmosphere across the board of any regional round with the Rabbits Southern Miss fans, the LSU fans that want to travel up that are able to get tickets. I think Southern Miss gulped up every ticket that was outside of the allotment to the respective teams. And then an Army team that's won the Patriot League for four straight years. Very, very good program up there out of West Point. They're going to be a tough out for Southern Miss in the first round. This is going to be an exciting regional. What were y'all's thoughts when you first saw KSU was placed in Hattiesburg? 
I was a little surprised with the Hattiesburg placement. I, like many, thought it was going to either be Knoxville or Auburn. Did not think they would put us at Statesboro. I didn't think they would put two mid-majors from the same state in that regional. The, out, the other one I thought maybe could be was UNC. Um, but when we saw Southern Miss, I think everybody was kind of surprised. It just kind of popped up there on everybody and caught everybody off guard. But it's a it's a great opportunity. It's a great atmosphere. You mentioned it. All the tickets are gone. There's not a ticket to be had for that regional this weekend. The LSU fans, we know they travel well. I saw some banter going back and forth on Twitter already between the Southern Miss and LSU fans about how that's going to turn out. But I think both are overlooking what this Kennesaw State team can do. And anybody that has ever been around baseball knows that when you start looking ahead to the next game, you get beat in that game that you're fixing to play. And I think it could be an interesting situation that the find themselves in. Great atmosphere with two teams in their number one and two seed that might be looking towards one another and discrediting what the Owls can do. Yeah, I was chatting with the, the coaching staff before the selection show and, and trying to pick their brains and see where they thought you know we were projected to end up at. And I just remember saying, I think we're going to be surprised. Uh, I, I didn't really know where, but I just had a feeling that we were going to end up somewhere that, that might not be Knoxville, Auburn, or Statesboro. In my head, I thought maybe we're going to Florida, maybe we're going to Miami, uh, maybe even North Carolina. But whenever I saw Southern Miss pop up, uh, I was excited. Obviously, the team was excited because it's it's a it's a ballpark that one I haven't been to. Uh, it's an area of the country that I haven't been to, so I'm going to get to experience a you know a, a mid major powerhouse. Um, and being a former college baseball player, I love mid majors. You know, I love it when they get some love. Um, believe it or not, right right before we actually hit record on this podcast, I got an email. Southern Miss is already completely sold out for tickets. Um, and they were supposed to go on sale today at one o'clock. So I'm not really sure how that works, but I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Uh, I think Southern Miss is, is going to show up and be loud. Obviously, LS, LSU fans are going to travel. Um, but I think we're in for a real treat here. Uh, I've seen some of the projections of um, some analytics on, on you know, who, who has the highest win percentage, um, some hitters to watch. Josh Hatcher is actually the number two hitter to watch in this regional. I think that says something about him. I think that says something about Kennesaw State. Uh, and I am I'm pumped to get to Hattiesburg and, and to see what what Southern Miss is about. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. So the first opponent, the Louisiana State University Fighting Tigers for 7 p.m. Eastern Friday night, typically. When these regionals go down, it's the home team, the number one seed, that likes to play that evening game in front of its home crowd. Southern Miss opts for the earlier game, so it's LSU and Kennesaw State in the night game Friday. We just heard from Coach Coe, and he thinks it's an interesting matchup, a lot of similarities for how LSU goes about its business compared to Kennesaw State, especially on the offensive side. Trey, looking ahead here to the Tigers, what have you seen out of LSU this year? What intrigues you in this matchup against Kennesaw State? I think LSU is going to be a team entering this uh, event that's a little upset that they're not the one hosting this very regional. There was a lot of talk about them sneaking in there and being a host site. I think they're going to go into Hattiesburg with something to prove. It's going to be interesting to see if they can stay in the moment and take care of business in game one. 
because they're no doubt looking ahead and wanting to prove to the world, to the committee, that they got the host site wrong and wanting to take care of business against Southern Miss. I mentioned before how dangerous that can be in a college baseball setting. I think it's going to be a very good matchup. Obviously, both of these teams are driven by the offenses. I think one thing to keep an eye on is the fact that many of the LSU starting pitchers, guys like Money and a few of their other starters, are guys that have had ties to the state of Georgia playing their travel ball. That means that many of the Owls have probably seen some of these guys in the past. I know that Ryan Coe and Derek Tucker have seen these arms in the past. That could give the Owls a bit of an advantage going into Friday night in that first game of the Hattiesburg Regional for each team. Also in the regional, of course, the host Southern Miss and then joined by the Army Black Knights. We want to focus on this matchup here against LSU, but let's give our listeners a taste of the other teams in the regional. What has Southern Miss done so well this season to earn a regional hosting site? And what has Army done to continue to make a name for itself here in the postseason? Southern Miss can pitch with with anybody in the country. A couple guys on that staff that throw over 100 miles an hour, one of them being a Georgia native. Hurston Waldrop out of Thomasville High School actually played for a college teammate of mine. We were Hurston's first offer at Kennesaw State. Had some family ties to Southern Miss. That's ultimately why he ended up going that route instead of wearing the gold and black of the Owls. Uh, but that's going to be a that's going to be built their resume on is pitching. They do have some hitters that are dynamic as well. They've been able to put up some runs, but they are where they're at. They are hosting a regional this weekend because of that pitching staff, arguably the best in the entire regional field. A lot of times people say pitching and defense wins championships. This might have a slight edge in this regional. However, many times in the postseason, it's the teams that swing the bats that come to score runs that win. That gives teams like Kennesaw State, LSU an advantage. Army, they've been able to put together tremendous season after tremendous season, dominating their league. There's a lot to be said for that. That goes a long way into helping a team navigate this postseason. Teams that haven't been there the first time, everything's a little bit different. How you show up and prepare for the game, your timing allowed in the cages is very uh, restricted and very monitored. So it is going to be an interesting scenario for a team like Kennesaw State. Hasn't been there in a while, while these other teams have, how they navigate through just the little minor details that are so much different in an NCAA regional than even a conference tournament setup. Army's been there. They've experienced that over the last several years. Their team will be ready. They might have one of the more experienced groups in terms of a regional format in the field. Don't count anyone out this time of year. Everyone's dangerous and anything can happen. We talked about it last weekend in the A-Sun Conference Tournament. The one thing we were most sure of, the one seed wouldn't walk out as the champion. That that continued to hold true as Liberty was not able to win the conference championship. Kennesaw State as the three seed was. Guess what? They're the three seed again this weekend. Three's our lucky number around Kennesaw State. A lot of good things have happened from that three seed. They won the Tallahassee Regional seed back in 2014 won the conference tournament this year as a three seed won the conference tournament in 2014 as the three seed a lot of good things come from that three exciting to see how it all plays out this weekend and lastly michael you played in one of these regionals a handful of years ago from a player's experience what can you add on to what trey said 
of how a team should approach this game against LSU and then a regional format as well. Well, anything can happen in a regional. Um, I think f- for the players, the, the best advice I could say is enjoy the moment. Um, it's the same game as it was the whole season. It's the same game as it was when you were playing T-ball. You know, it, the rules haven't changed. It's three outs in an inning. You get nine innings. Um, I, I just remember going into the regional. I wanted to enjoy every last second of it. Uh, and I can say that I did that. And I think that it, looking at, at our team this year, you know, LSU, they're, they're a great team. Uh, the brand of LSU is, is slightly intimidating because of all the success and the history that they have as a program. Um, but you have to get past that and know that it's playoff baseball. I mean, we've seen mid-majors make runs. Look at Coastal Carolina in 2016. Um, I, I think you have to stay with your same approach. You have to stay, you know, they need to stay grimy, just like they have all season, up 10, down 10, it doesn't matter. This offense can strike. Um, they've got some good arms that can get good hitters out. We've seen that against the the Georgias and the Georgia Techs and the or the um, Georgia Southerns that we played this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't don't make the moment too big. Just enjoy it. Do what you've been taught. Do what you've been practicing, and uh, good things will happen. We're looking forward to it. The KSU Owl Network will have every game available on the KSU Owls app and ksuowls.com. Kenneth Austin and LSU get underway Friday night to open up their stay in the Hattiesburg Regional. Trey Fowler, Michael Goss, lots of fun, and let's go do it again this weekend. Let's make it happen. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than health care, people care. Welcome back into Inside the Nest, and we're joined by the captain of the infield, Tyler Simon, as Kennesaw State reflects on its ace on championship and has its eyes set on the LSU Tigers this weekend down in Hattiesburg. Tyler, you've been in this program for a long time. You've been through some ups and downs here at Kennesaw State. Now I've been with your second coach in Ryan Coe. Endure the COVID difficulties. You came back here at Kennesaw State, graduated once. You got another degree as well. What does it mean for you to finish up your career with at least an A-Sun championship and hopefully more? Uh, you know, this is a, it's a very special moment. Um, it's really what, it shows that hard work's paid off. It's been uh, five years, um, been through COVID, definitely a lot of ups and downs during my five years here. But, I mean, it just shows that uh, if you just stay persistent, um, keep working towards your goal, that uh, it does pay off in the end. And uh, it did pay off this year so far with A-Sun championship and, now going to the regional. You were solid in the field the whole week down in Fort Myers. There are moments where your bat was there, and there's times you're a little quiet. But that last game against Liberty, you had four hits. You came out ready to play. When you woke up that morning, what were you thinking in your head about that ball game? How did you feel going into the matchup against Liberty? So uh, we knew we played Liberty uh, six times in the regular season. And it uh, ended up being eight times kind of the tournament, and I knew that it's going to be a tough game. Uh, both teams come out ready to play. We both wanted the title. So uh, I woke up. I knew I had to be there for my team. I knew I had to show up um, for that championship game, and I did. 
You swing early, you had a leadoff single for Kennesaw State to keep things going there in the first inning. And then in the third inning, you hit that solo shot, which helped add insurance runs for Kennesaw State. Take me back to that home run pitch. Walk me through that. So uh, it's funny that you ask about that. So the inning before, I'm talking to Zach Corbin, who's playing second base. And I tell him before that inning starts, I say, when I come in, I'm going to get a first pitch fastball and I'm going to hammer it. And I came up to the plate, got a precious fastball, and hit it out. So uh, I, I had a vision before going up to the plate that I knew I was going to hit something hard, and uh, it just ended up going out. Did you talk to Zach afterwards and say, hey, I told you that was going to happen? Yeah, for sure. And then uh, hopefully next home run I hit, Corbin can get a base hit. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Simon, the shortstop for Kennesaw State, the A-Sun champs joining us here on Inside the Nest. And an appropriate ending, Tyler. You had the opportunity to record the final out, and he squared away a pop-up that I felt like hung up in the sky for five minutes. What was that like, trying to square that one up? And do you did you feel like that it hung up in the air forever? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, when he hit it, I knew that I wanted to call it. And uh, it was right around me, so I called everybody off. I wanted that last out. And, uh, I mean, I felt like that ball never came down. <laughs> I was just waiting forever for it to come down. And then it finally hit my glove, and... Uh, and uh, uh, that's just when the, the great feeling came of being the A-Sun champions right then. We saw your family down in Fort Myers throughout the week, and it was awesome that they made the trip down there to support you in your final A-Sun tournament. Uh, what has your family meant to you throughout your baseball career? Uh, I mean, they've been, they've been everything. Um, they've been there through all the ups and downs. They've always been so supportive of anything that I want to do in life, um, through, whether it's baseball or something outside of baseball that I want to pursue, they're always on my side, and uh, they'll fight for me also. So then being down there, um, I really wanted to play for them. Um, all my family, I want to play hard for them, make them proud, and while I'm doing that, just play well and show out for them. We've had an opportunity to reflect upon this full season and then ever since Coach Coe was hired back in late July and how they assimilated the roster. They looked at the key returners, people like yourself, and then had to bring on some newcomers as well, had some players that hadn't played before on the team, like a Donovan Cash, a Zach Corbin, who's been hurt, brought on the transfers, a Josh Hatcher, Myers, Bezicek, guys like that. From where you sat as this team took on a new look from years before, how did you approach that, and what was your role in trying to bring everyone together? So before the season started, uh, Coach Coe called me and um, just talked a little bit about himself, uh, what he expected this year. And uh, he told me that we had some guys coming in that could play. So, uh, I mean, going into my last year, I just want to have as much fun as, as I can. Um, and just don't worry about performance. The success will come by just playing hard and having fun. So uh, being around all the guys, this team is for sure um, very diverse. We have a lot of young guys, a lot of old guys, fifth years. And I feel like that's really kept the team together this year. Um, all the old guys can kind of mentor the younger, the younger guys. Um, help them through some stuff that we went through. And I feel like that's really helped uh, some young guys on the team this year. Like Donovan Cash has been a key part of our lineup this year. Zach Corbin um, been hurt the last two years. We knew he could play, and he's finally healthy this year, and he's been a key part of the lineup also. And just having uh, Josh and uh, Cash Young being in there, uh, coming in for their last year has been a lot to this program. Two questions to wrap up the ASUN tournament and then looking ahead here to the Hattiesburg Regional. The first if you can go back and try to remember the days, it kind of all ran together looking back at all those games for KSU. What did you feel like was the turning point for the team 
from when we went to losing the first two games to winning the last three. Can you pinpoint what you felt like was the, the flip of the switch for KSU? Uh, during the tournament, we lost the first game, a heartbreaker. And then the second game, we dropped that one. And then going into the third game, we knew that it was winner go home. And uh, I mean, we didn't panic at all, which is kind of weird. We knew that it could possibly be some of the guys' last games. And uh, I think that's what really motivated us. We didn't do anything different the night before uh, or the day before the game. We just went out there and played like we knew we could. We knew on Friday that we had that game won and we kind of let it go. So uh, we just come out and play how we play. I don't think there's many people that can uh, play with us. Lastly, one of the moments we talked about a lot on air that will live in KSU history was best to check against Liberty. Bases loaded, one out, three, two count. Liberty has the momentum. He comes back with back-to-back strikeouts. How was that from your vantage point short? And then what momentum shifted in the dugout when the team ran back in to celebrate such a key moment? Yeah, so uh, standing out at short, his bases loaded, one out. And uh, they had a, a hitter at the plate who was hot all weekend. But, um, I mean, when Bez gets in those moments, he locks in and he he just uh, – he's not going to let you beat him. And he told Cat, he told uh, he told Corbin – um, at the beginning of that inning, he said they're not scoring this inning. And uh, Bez, with bases loaded, one out, strikes out two people. He's hype. Everybody's seen the video, throwing his fist. And uh, I think that's the point in the game where we knew um, we add on some right here and uh, this game can be over quick. So is this Zach Corbin's role in the team, too, to be able to hear visions? Uh, I think uh, if, you, if you want something to come true, tell Zach Corbin. And uh, I think he makes it come true. <laughs> Shortstop Tyler Simon joining us here at Inside the Nest. Well, Tyler, you and the team are about to hit the road to Hattiesburg, Mississippi for the Southern Miss Regional. And the first opponent, the LSU Tigers out of the SEC, won 38 games, third most in the SEC this year. Two teams that like to swing the bat well. What has you excited about this first game of the regional? Uh, I'm just most excited about um, the experience um, we're going to go out there and play hard no matter who's on the other side of the field. We don't really care. Um, we're going to play our style of baseball. We're not going to give in to anybody. And, uh, I mean, that's what we've talked about. Just uh, just take the game to them like we've, like we've been doing all year. And uh, no matter who's on the other side, if we play how we can play, then we're going to win most of the games. Should have an excellent crowd down in Hattiesburg for every single game. How do you handle big crowds? I think you just have to go out there and uh, have fun. Don't worry about the uh, external atmosphere. When you're between the lines, that's all you need to worry about. I think we've played some games this year that have prepared us for these crowds. Um, we've played some bigger teams this year, and I think that, that will help us once we get to this regional. But um, everybody, just I just tell the team, play loose, have fun, and uh, the results will come. Don't panic. Don't push for anything extra, and just play how you play. Looking at about five and a half hours for the trip from Kennesaw over to Hattiesburg. How do you kill time on the bus? Uh, on the bus, um, guys come to the back of the bus. We just just talk, talk a little bit, hang out, um, play a little bit of mafia, uh, play some stumble guys. Has been the hot app recently. Mm. Stumble guys is kind of like um, it's kind of like a uh, it's a royal rumble with different uh, maps. That, that the whole team can play. So it's like 25 guys in this map. The bus goes crazy. <laughs> so uh, that, that's really how we kill time, just hanging out with the boys. Tyler, anything you'd like to leave off with here for Owl Nation? Uh, I mean, we're going to go down there and give it our all. We expect to win this thing. We're not going 
just because we made it, just because we're lucky to go. I mean, we're going down there with expectations to come out on top. We hope to deliver that. Tyler, thanks as always for the time. Congratulations on your A-Sun Championship, and let's go get him down in Hattiesburg. Yep, thank you for having me.